If you missed our pre-show chatter, oh man, we rent through the day's news. Uh, I talked with some of the finest people that are hanging out in our uh, live chat room, like Nick and Stumarak and Omega Lazarus, who were here early. Also, Marshall showed up uh, early this time, so congratulations, Marshall. Good to see Daylight Saving uh, 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 working for you. We also <laughs> talked a little bit more about Alan Moore and a whole bunch more. If you want to listen to this pre-show, the only place that you can hear it is when you become a patron at patreon.com slash major spoilers, then connect your Patreon account to our discord server, which gives you access to the super secret channels reserved only for our patrons. And then you can show up for like a half hour early and hear us gab about things that are going on. But for those of you who are not listening live, we are here this week to talk about uh, Batman Superman world's finest from DC comics. This is Dan Mora on art and um, uh, 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 Mark, Wade Mark Wade writing this this thing, and I have got to say, this is my this is my general impression after reading this, Matthew. And you see if you if you agree or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that like pre fifty two Batman and Superman, this is a comic I think you want to read. I don't know. I thought the pre-52 Batman Superman was all about how they hated each other and never got along, but I I think that was the 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 Dark Knight Returns that kind of set that up. But there's there are plenty ex- of examples in the 70s and 80s and even into oh, the yeah. 90s and early 2000s where these two really work together and you can tell that they're good buddies. In fact, yep. um and and so that's why this feels like a, a classic story. And that's one of the things that I think Mark Wade really wanted to to do was, and I forget what the controversy was, if it was Batman V Superman that caused it a few years ago or what, but he went nuts uh, on Twitter. And I kind of uh, poked at the bear too, about how that's not how Superman and Batman should be portrayed in comic books, uh, portrayed in comic books shouldn't be how they're portrayed in movies and how these guys would be friends. And, and he was like, I'm going to set out and prove to you guys that, uh, that this is how a good comic should be written with Batman and Superman. If you think that Superman is lame, if you think Batman is, should only be hardcore, you're wrong. And I'm paraphrasing a lot of the, his arguments. Um, oh, sure. but that's how I think we ended up with this world's finest title, to be honest. And I'm absolutely fine with that because you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when world's finest was canceled right before the crisis on infinite earths in like 1985, 86, uh, DC editorial came out and it was, you know, it was somebody young, somebody who was like 15 or 20 or something. It was like, yeah, Batman and Superman have never really worked well together. And the world's finest book, the original book ran for 45 years before they canceled it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so, I, I, I hate that. And I feel like you are absolutely right. It's, it's a Frank Millerism. Uh, but Batman and Superman should, could easily be allies and friends and, you know, have a relationship where they can trust one another and they can say, hey, you know, hey, I'm I'm actually Bruce Wayne secretly. Yeah. And I really, I really love that. And I feel like when Wade does Batman and Superman interactions, it does feel like what Batman and Superman to me should be like and i really appreciate that and and i like i like this uh this setup of the story uh it starts out in the present where pamela isley and some others uh we find out metallo and i'll get to metallo in just a moment have come to metropolis because they think they're going to take down superman but surprise batman shows up 
and uh, Batman and Robin. I shouldn't forget Robin. And then we get some flashbacks to the time that Superman won probably one of the first meetings uh, in in Mark Wade's continuity. Uh, one of the early meetings between these two where Bat, uh, Superman has told Batman that I'll come and help you no matter what. And he goes and helps take down the penguin and some uh, warriors of cord. And uh, mm-hmm. Superman is like, well, I hope you do the same for me. And Batman's like, I'll I've got your back always. You know, it's one of those things. I've got your back. Always. Always. And then they have a very long and uncomfortable embrace. <laughs> and then be uncomfortable uh, because uh, Superman's hand goes down a little bit too far. No, no. Batman and Superman, they're, they're cool. They're, uh, but they, they're fine. Then you. we, then we come back to the present and we find out that uh, the whole plot was to inject Superman with some red kryptonite. Mm-hmm. And of course, red K as they call it here, that's what all the, uh, the Legion of oh, yeah, Superheroes would, cool would call it. They, they, calling. they call it the red K leader, man. Um, he gets injected with that. And of course, red kryptonite causes who knows what kind of problems inside of Superman. And this is a super cocktail of red K. So his powers are just yep. going berserk like every 30 seconds. And the only doctor that they can think of to call is the doom patrol. Dr. Niles Calder. And, you know, th- this is also something that it feels very pre-crisis because mm-hmm. pre-crisis red kryptonite had random effects. Each piece of red kryptonite has a different effect, but it has the same effect on each Kryptonian. And each Kryptonian can only be affected once. So if you take a whole bunch of different ones, I mean, obviously, as we see here, Superman ends up just going through a lot of changes in a very short time. So would that then imply, I mean, if this is pre-crisis type stuff, would that then be applied that after this stuff had worked through his system, that he might be immune to red kryptonite going forward? He would be immune to these specific pieces of red kryptonite. But as we know, the planet Krypton exploded and actually left more kryptonite than the planet actually contained. Um, it's, it's, It's a weird sort of thing that happened. We're not sure how. I think there was some sort of time and space anomaly involved. But when Krypton went down, it created about 15 planets worth of kryptonite and just littered the Earth with it. Mm. It's sad. Mm. It is. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so the way that I understand that this world's finest series is going to run is that it's mm-hmm. definitely a Batman-Superman team-up. But every issue is going to feature a new guest superhero. In it, so this okay. this week, uh, this month is Doom Patrol, and probably next month as well. But mm-hmm. because the ending implies that Batman has gotten some kryptonite medical equipment, and he's going to let the good doctor cut into Superman, and everyone's like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" And it's like, "Nope, we're going to do some operations on a Kryptonian." Uh, so I like that idea that we're going to see, you know, many many other heroes in this book, and I think right. that that could be very fun. Uh, people, I enjoyed this book. I, so I'll let, I will let my bias be known here. I am a big Mark Wade fan. Okay. Mm-hmm. That being said, if you had given me this book and said, read it, and I'm not going to tell you who the artist or the uh, writer are, I probably would not have picked out that this was a Mark Wade comic, but I would have said, and this is a unbiased opinion here. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like the writing of this book. I thought it was concise. I thought it was to the point. I thought that it had all the right moments. Uh, no one had to scream Martha at, at any point, mm-hmm. although there was kind of that implication with, uh, I will be your friend always uh, moment. 
um, that is, is kind of similar to that. But I would have said that this is very concise writing, very intense writing, uh, very to the point writing. And it has a, a cliffhanger uh, at the end. Uh, what was it a couple of weeks ago, Matthew? I said, there's three things that I like in my superhero comics. It mm-hmm. was number one, it has to have superhero fighty fighty, which this one does. Right. It has to have some internal conflict, right? Right. Uh, in this case, it is two sides of the coin. Although Robin says, let's not talk about two sides of coin. Uh, Batman and Superman <laughs> with their, with their, um, how they approach things. They approach things very differently, but with the same goal in mind. So I would say that that, that hits this one. And then the third one was, what was the third one that I said, uh, that I wanted to see in my superhero comics? Uh, Oh, a lesson, a lesson to be learned. There has to be some Ah, kind of internal growth, uh, with the heroes. And I think that that is what's going on here where they both have to trust one another in order for the story to proceed. And so from that standpoint, this is a very well-written book. Regardless of this is Mark Wade or not, but it's Mark Wade and he's been around for forever. And so he does a very good job on this. Yes, I agree. Um, and the thing that I came in not realizing is I'm not, you know, a hundred percent super familiar with the work of uh Dan Mora. So I was worried that we were going to get something that had Wade writing, but felt, you know, very generic, felt um mm. I don't want to call anybody out, but there have been a lot of big crossovers lately where you read it and it's got six different pencilers and you really can't tell. It's all just of a piece. It's almost a house style. Mm -hmm. This really stood out for me. First of all, uh, the Batman and Robin entrance. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Feels almost, yeah, almost like Walt Simonson. It's that graphic Mm -hmm. and that cool. But then you do get to the point where Superman pops up. And of course, the Metallo design here is horrifying. Man, the Metallo in this is. So here's the thing. If you've watched Batman, the animated series, you know that Metallo has this rubber skin over his robot body and Mm -hmm. they show the the torn uh, skin, the synthetic. They don't really talk about it as skin, right? Right. In this book, it is clear that Metallo has a living skin over his exoskeleton a la Terminator. Half right. of it has been burned away. And so you see the scarred flesh and the pustules and everything of the flesh that is remaining. And it is creepy, creepy, scary. And Dan Mora did a fantastic job with that. You may know Dan Mora, Matthew, uh, because mm-hmm. when Boom Studios relaunched the uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer series, he was the mm-hmm. artist on that, and he's been the artist on the Power Rangers series also uh, at, oh. um, at, at, at Boom, Boom Studios. So, yeah, you you know Dan Moore's art. Okay. I didn't recognize the name right off the top of my head, but now that you say that, I do feel like I remember. Yeah, he also did the WWE uh, comic book over at Boom. He did a lot of work with Boom. He did, cool. the he did uh, I think, 13 episodes of The Terrifics. Uh, let's see what else is on his Oh, his that's right. Yeah, after... Yeah, the Terrifics went through a lot of hands, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some generic stuff where he filled in, but those are probably the ones that you know. Oh, he also did Planet of the Apes meets the Green Lantern Corps. Boom, 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 so there you go. Uh, so, yeah, his <laughs> art is really, really good. The coloring in this issue, fantastic. Uh, yeah. I can't speak highly enough of this issue. And to be honest, when I went into this issue, I thought that Mark Wade, because of how he had his outburst, you know, many years ago over the relationship between Batman and Superman, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be too heavy handed, cram it down your, your throat, 
I'm going to prove to you that this is, that I was right all along. And so I was a little hesitant that this might become ham-fisted preachy, right, in in their relationship. But that's not how this book comes out. No, it, not only is it a really good team up, it's an interesting doom patrol story. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I've, <laughs> I've always kind of enjoyed Wade's doom patrol. They were a big part of, uh, the middle half of JLA year one back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. But this is, I mean, this is something where we're looking at obviously kind of a classic doom patrol. Your, your Larry Cliff Rita yeah. triangle. Pre-Garth. And once again, Yeah. Once again, um, Mora does some some design work or some redesign work where you can look at this and go, hey, these look like the classic Bruno Premiani costume. Uh-huh. And then you realize they finally gave Rita pants. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And there's just some slight tweaks to the way me- Negative Man looks and to Cliff's robot body. I'm just like, I want to see, I want to see this man drawing Doom Patrol now. <laughs> But well, it, and of course the final moment where they're like, "There's one doctor we can see," mm-hmm. and Robin is making jokes about how he expects Lurch to show up in the creepy yeah. Calder mansion, and then they walk into this completely dark room, and you see just the chief in shadow sitting there staring at a tray of instruments made of kryptonite, and I'm just yeah. like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it's oh, it's going to be so interesting. Creepy. So here's the thing, um, DC Comics, and this is maybe through. Financial reasons, financial reasons, uh, board of directors reasons or whatever. Uh, we've talked in the past about how they have not within the last couple of years have had not had a large uh, comic release list each month. I think we were looking at something like 60 books or so a month uh, compared to Marvel, which is like, we're just going to flood the market with comic books and do double <laughs> what everyone else is doing combined. We'll hit um, you with everything. And so that means that we. We're going to, you know, we've got a plethora of Batman titles. We've got a plethora of Superman titles. We've got some Wonder Woman titles. We are going to have Teen Titans, regardless of whether it's Teen Titans United or Teen Titans or New Teen Titans or Classic Teen Titans or whatever it is. So we know we're going to get those. We're going to get a Justice League, uh, maybe a JSA, maybe a JLA, uh, you know, extra one of those thrown in there. So that leaves very little room, a flash, uh, that leaves very little room to explore all of the other heroes in the DC universe, which is one of the reasons why I liked 52. Uh, Mark Wade also had a hand in that as well, because we got Mm. to see such a depth of, of superheroes all the way down the list. doesn't matter how deep dive you could go. There was at least one panel that had some reference to one of those heroes. Right. I have long said that I like anthologies. Yes. Sometimes you're going to get some real duds, uh, and that's what people complain. You know, uh, we were talking uh, a while ago, it was probably on a Finally Friday or other uh, live chat about how I loved the Legion of Superheroes story that Bill Quist Evely did in that uh, Christmas special, which was like mm-hmm. 10, 11 bucks, but you had five or six stories. And, you know, in my opinion, three of those stories were not as good. And so people are complaining, well, I don't want to spend all that money for the, for the, you know, this little bit, but maybe in the pages of world's finest, that's where you can get those other superheroes that you want in, in your case here, doom patrol. And maybe mm-hmm. if it's handled well enough, and if there's enough outcry from fans, like our fantastic listeners who are listening live in our, on our chat right now, uh, maybe if there's a big enough of an outcry, DC can run some numbers and say, maybe we should think about a doom patrol. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what, what, you know, what creative staff we have at our beck and call. Um, right. 
so maybe that's a way that we can kind of get, maybe we can not make world's finest an anthology, but world's finest is a series of stories featuring Batman and Superman and special guest Scooby-Doo and the mystery machine. <laughs> I would love that. I mean, I, I, I grew up, I cut my teeth on uh, DC comics presents where mm-hmm. every month Superman would team up or yeah. the brave and the bold was Superman and Batman every month. But if you got into, um, Oh, what was it? No, World's Finest was Superman and Batman. Brave yeah. and the Bold was Batman, Batman teaming, teaming up with random people every month. And some of my favorite comics of all time are in that run. And I'm just like, yeah, we should we should have more of that. That should happen. I yeah. want more of this. Please make that happen. And it would seem like DC is kind of figuring that out. I mean, it's been probably a decade now since Batman Brave and the Bold was uh, on television that animated series. Oh, God, stop making me feel old. Oh, I think that's how long it's been. It, it may not be, but it was you know, like 2005. Yeah. Somewhere around there. It was an early, it was early uh, seven, eight, somewhere around there. But, um, the, the thing about that is it did get a lot of people going, Ooh, who are these, uh, uh you know, these people, the, the, what is it? The explorers of the unknown or what, what are the challengers of the, challengers unknown. of the unknown and who is this character and who is this character? And Oh, look at this story develop. And people are starting to figure out who these characters are. And I right. think that at the time there was kind of a direct response that, Oh, suddenly we started to see plastic man showing up a lot more in DC comics. Suddenly we did mm-hmm. have a challengers of the unknown showing up in DC comics. And I think that more or less, we've got the, the Batman Scooby-Doo mysteries right now. That's still kind of a spinoff of Brave and the Bold and the classic uh, Scooby-Doo uh, Batman and Robin special that, that came out. So mm-hmm. maybe this is a way that that maybe DC can go back and look at some of those other animated shows that were very popular and say, how can we make comic books out of out of these? Because those had such a large audience and such a large following mm-hmm. that DC should follow up on that and do that synergy that everyone loves so well. That being said, we're still never going to see a John Stewart as, as the main Green Lantern. And we should. And we should, honestly, right? Because that if you ask anybody, average person on the street, not a comic book person, an average person right. on the street who's watched the, the JLI series or the Justice League series, and you say, hey, who's Green Lantern? They're going to say, oh, that, that the, the black uh, hero. Uh, what's his name? John Stewart, the guy that's the yep. comedian on television. And we're going to say, yes, you are correct. And then they turn on and say, <laughs> why is Reynold, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern when everyone knows it should be John Stewart? Why are they doing right. a, a Green Lantern core series on HBO Max with uh, 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 Guy Gardner when it should be John Stewart? Uh, so hopefully, maybe, Matthew, again, it's up to the fans. They need to speak out loud. Look at some of these characters that you're seeing teaming up in, in, uh, Batman, Superman world's finest. And maybe that's where we can find some, some ongoing series. I think that would be awesome. And honestly, again, depending on who the creators are, this is a point to not only introduce the, the characters to new audiences, but introduce the creators to new audiences. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. when you, you know, when you have the thing that DC has right now, which is, it almost feels like you have to know somebody to get work at DC these days. It feels like, you know, it's the the same group of creators and the friends that they've had for the last six or seven years. I mean, well, and that, that certainly is a thing, right? It, it and, and really yeah. in all of life, it is not what you know, it is who you know, right? I don't and like so, that. I think that's terrible and bad. And they I, should I mean, it. if, if it wasn't for you knowing me, you wouldn't be in major spoilers. That's, you know, that's kind of a fact right there. Right. 
Um, but that because, doesn't necessarily mean that I don't belong at Major Spoilers. No, 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 no. But I'm, what I'm saying is <laughs> you wouldn't have been a part of Major Spoilers had I not known who, who you were, right? Right. Um, and so I think that's the same way here, right? In the comics industry, uh, some writer introduces another writer or says, hey, you know, comic book publisher, hire this person because I think they're really good or they get a pitch meeting or whatever. And then as that writer or as that artist develops, they say, oh, who would you love to work, uh, work with? And I would say something like, oh man, I would love Francesco Francovia to do all of the covers for my comic book series. And they're <laughs> like, oh, I've never heard of Francesco Francovia. Let me go and look at it. Oh my gosh, this art is amazing. And if you look at the evolution of Francesco Francovia's art, when we first discovered him way back in 2006, mm-hmm. he has moved from, you know, a guy doing art on the internet and selling his art prints to doing stuff for dynamite and doing stuff for boom to now he's doing variant covers and uh, full interiors for companies like Marvel and DC. So it, it may take a long time, but it's because people know him uh, and recommend him and want the, want to work with him that he's getting this work in the same way that I think I, I don't know how Mora showed up on this series, but I have a feeling because uh, Mark Wade used to be in charge at boom studios that mm-hmm. um, he knew Dan Mora and hence they had a relationship going forward. And, you know, again, I don't think that that's necessarily a problem. I just feel like it limits the talent pool, especially. As I mean, it would be so it would be great if it would be great if they actually did. They haven't done this in a while. I think mm-hmm. DC and Marvel still do this at San Diego Comic-Con where they do portfolio reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that is, OK, I've re- I looked at your per- portfolio here's what you're doing wrong. See you later, kid kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, Oh my gosh, we discovered 15 new talented artists at San Diego comic-con or planet comic-con in Kansas city. Um, mm-hmm. it seems like they do a talent search. Now if Marvel does these talent search things, Marvel, and that's where we got the Marvel voices line from is because they did this mm-hmm. uh, talent search specifically for artists to do the work. So they actively went out looking for new artists. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it would be great if there was somebody whose main job at these publishers was to actively go out and find mm-hmm. what's the hot new thing that's not currently working in comics and how do we get them to come over and work in comics. Right. And you know, it would be, it would be great if that happened, but it also won't ever. Happen. I don't say never. I mean, it might. <laughs> Oh, it won't. No, it'll never happen. Comics are a very moribund genre these days. Everybody in the comics used to be a comics fan. And I say this as someone who's, you know, a comics fan. Uh, But then there's also that moment where, you know, you do get a new voice or you do get something that's remarkable. And it's not like in 1963, you know, when people would just throw whatever they could at the wall. So I feel like the general quality level is better. You know, I feel like the the baseline is better, but you also don't have the weird, wild, creative stuff every time. And that's, that's I think, what I miss. Well, and yes. And that's also the, what I think that this, this particular book kind of gives us. You know, something that we might not have seen uh, in continuity or, you know, with uh, just a regular Superman continuity or... Who's writing Superman now? Is it still Bendis? Uh, I don't know who's currently writing uh, Superman. Uh, he was writing, I think, was he writing Superman or Action Comics? I forget. It doesn't matter. Boy, uh, Action Comics uh, next week, 1041 comes out. 
That one mm-hmm. is being written by Sean Aldridge, Philip Kennedy Johnson, Adriana Mello, Ricardo Federici, Alejandro Sanchez, Daniel Sampre, Philip Kennedy Johnson, Sean Aldridge, Ricardo Federici. Uh, so it looks like the name repeats uh, quite a bit, but uh, I don't know why it's got so many people working on it. Hard to say. Uh, maybe those maybe are, maybe really there's a bunch really of, var- there's probably a v- bunch of variant covers, but it's, it's not Bendis doing, uh, action comics. Um, okay. so what I'm hearing you say is that you mm-hmm. liked it back in the day when Marvel and DC had no idea what they were doing and just were yes. putting something out and seeing how it works and said, let's do more of that. I like it when they throw stuff at the wall. And I feel like that you don't have like a weirdo Steve Gerber come up anymore. Or you don't have a thing where it's like all of a sudden, hey, uh, here's this guy who just showed up and he wants to draw I, for us. I mean, like, I think, oh, Chips, look, is, I think Chip Zdarsky is probably uh, an example of that. This person who came out of nowhere. That's true. Chip did come out of independent comics. And, you know, that's that I think is the thing that I'm wishing there was more of. And, you know, maybe it's just a matter of, hey, well, yeah, we, we start with boom or we start with. Uh, image comics. So we start at the other company yeah, and, that's, and we do what we do and establish ourselves. But And that's basically what every comic creator will tell you is you're not going to start off by writing Batman or drawing Superman. You're going to have to go to the indie person and, and work for years, toil away there before you work your way up. Um, and as I said with Dan Mora, all the way back to Buffy and Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he did have to start down there and work his way up. Now I shouldn't say down there because alphabetically Boom Studios is ahead of DC comics. Well, and you know, the power Rangers and Buffy are some pretty major franchises. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, so yes, it would be, so there's a couple of problems here. (laughs) Number one, number one, uh, it would be great to have a million comics and a million different creators. It would. So that, that in itself is your, your premise. The problem. Number one is there's not infinite. There's not an infinite audience. Uh, for everything. So it doesn't make financial sense to have a series on um, uh, uh, ambush bug meets, uh, I don't know. You just pick a, just pick a random speedy, the turtle, right? It's, it makes no sense to have a speedy, the turtle comic and hope that that becomes your next ongoing. Would it be great? Probably. Uh, the second thing is, uh, yeah, there's a lot of really great talented artists, but then you have to manage uh, artists and writers, but then you have to have the staff to back that up. So those two things right there are uh, super cost prohibitive to do those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem I think, though, is if you give everybody their own thing, that means that there's probably not going to be enough for your favorite writer or your favorite artist to do more than just that one thing. Right. So that would mean that, you know, Mark Wade for the rest of his life, unless he quits and, and, and they really want him to go move over to another title, he's Mm -hmm. only going to be working on the flash or impulse or power Rangers or world's finest because that we've got too many other people that we've hired to do all of those other titles. Now, if there's an opening that comes up in world's finest, then yes, we'll move Mark over there, but he has to give up his run on, on daredevil and we'll have to find somebody else to do daredevil. So that then further complicates things because it's like, I'll only read daredevil if it's written by Brian Michael Bendis. 
right? Those, so you run into those kind of, of issues in this, uh, you know, this, this magical, fantastic world that you've, you've, uh, postulate awesome but in in reality it just it just doesn't work that way unfortunately so we have to take them where we can get them and i would say go get you some batman superman world's finest this is a really good comic ladies and gentlemen and it's something worth your your time effort and energy and money yes absolutely i agree wholeheartedly 250 percent. this is a book worth getting if only to watch metallo's moldering flesh <laughs> right. peeling away it's so cool. in the radioactive morass that is his horrific body yeah and then uh, robin reaching into his chest and ripping out his kryptonite power uh, robin supply. stabbing him through the chest with, yeah. the, with the thing first i'm like yes yeah bow staff to the heart yeah uh is this nightwing is this a uh, dick grayson robin do you think um, it's hard to say because I it's mean, certainly not Damian Wayne. It's certainly not Damian Wayne. So he uses the bow staff, which implies Tim, but Tim, we also see yeah. him wearing the short pants, so. which Tim did in his first, in his first couple of, of appearances before he got his own series. Right. Because it was mm. only in that Robin series where he's like, Oh no, I'm wearing pants. But in that first time when he was first being Robin with uh Batman, I'm pretty sure he had the short pants on. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, so there's two big thumbs up for world's finest. Go get it this week from DC comics. Uh, for next week, you need to head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers. There's a list to the go collect website where you can go and look at all the comics that are coming out next week. And you can vote for one of them in the comics, the comment section at, at patreon.com. A couple of rules. I got to repeat this all the time. Number one, we don't do reprints. Okay, so uh, a lot of people this week were like, oh, let's do this of, uh, um, was it Vampirilla? No, Betty Page meets the aliens. Well, that was a reprint from something that came out a month ago. Um, This week, a couple of people have already said, um, we have demons from Scott and Capullo. And that Mm -hmm. was already released six months ago, back in October. This is the first print edition, but it was released as a digital first through Comixology. And that then ties into our number three option is we don't review something that someone else has already reviewed on the site. And we have demons one, two, and three have all been reviewed over at majorspoilers.com. So you can go over there to check out those reviews and see what uh, those reviewers thought. That being said, there's still an awesome list of comics uh, for next week. Maybe we will uh, pick out until my knuckles uh, bleed. Number two from behemoth comics. Uh, Maybe we will be looking at crossed badlands number, uh, I don't know. No, we nope, probably we won't. won't be looking at Cross Badlands. Uh, we might be looking at My Bad, number five, from Ahoy Comics, uh, or something yeah, from DC, might. or Marvel, or Image Comics, or or maybe something like, uh, what is, oh, this is the Marvel list. I was like, what is this long list of comics? And then I was like, oh, these are Marvel comics. Um, <laughs> Paper Cuts next week has Geronimo Stilton, uh, reporter. That's one of my, this is a, you got a kid, let me tell you. If you don't know who Geronimo Stilton is, I bet your kid does, because they probably read it. Else. Yeah, he is. Um, my Both of my kids knew who Geronimo Stilton was before I did. Because I was like, have you guys ever heard Geronimo Stilton? They're like, oh, yeah, we read it in school all the time. And I was like, well, that's cool. Um, Scout Comics next week, A King's Vengeance number two, Beyond the Beyond number one, North Bend season two number three, Pentagram of Horror number one. Oh, so there's all sorts of good comics coming out next week. Go pick up a, a comic for us to review on the next Dueling Review. And heck, go pick out a lot of comics for yourself and read something exciting.
This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.